Welcome, everyone, to the Mobile Meeple People podcast. I'm here to introduce you to our first episode of this, where we're going to be talking about board games. What's different about this board game podcast is we're going to be describing more about the type of people that we play with and the games that work for them. So the biggest challenge I feel like is getting people into board games. When you mentioned board games, people think Monopoly, Life, and, you know, those are very basic games that people don't always have fun with. Usually just play with children uh, because that's what the children like to play with. But this is something that, you know, we as board gamers know is a wide variety of games. You can have dice games, you can have disc games, abstract games. There's so many different options out there. You just have to find the right game for the right type of people. There's certain people that are going to like certain things, and that's why this podcast hopefully exists. And we're going to mention the games that we've interacted with that are good fit for people and not the best fit for people. And then obviously the games that we like. And my name is Adam. I'm here with Gary. And we've been playing board games together now for, I think, three, three and a half years. Uh, and we've been playing other games even before we met each other and started playing games together separately uh, for years before that. I was made mainly uh, a major Magic the Gathering player uh, and I don't know how many decks and played that quite often with friends casually and in tournaments and other played. I played other games as well. From World of Warcraft adventure game, I've played some HeroScape games, things like that. Didn't really get into playing board games heavily until met up with Gary. Wound up going to PAX East and sort of. Unplugged. I'm uh, sorry, yeah, PAX Unplugged actually. So that was what three years ago, I think we went, mm-hmm. and that was where my eyes were open to a bunch of other different board games. So. Uh, Started digging into that quite a bit, and I have way too many games, as we know of, uh, games I haven't even played a lot. So there are games that I've played a ton, though, and obviously I want to give you the feedback on that. Gary, if you want to talk about your background a little bit in the board game genre, I guess. Uh, I've been playing Dungeons & Dragons since middle school. Um, though, though it's a tabletop, there's a lot of similar shared mechanics, and I also played... World of Warcraft video games for a long time. I started uh, playing board games probably 10 or so years ago with other friends and started playing out various, mostly like RPG games where you have the mechanics that runs the um, the DM aspect of it. And I went to Gen Con and PAX Unplugged um, probably four or five years ago was the first time I went. And then I we would play games with friends. We played a lot of party games, but then I got more into just the growing scene of finding different games at conventions, whether it was a board game library or other ones, and I started picking up more. And then Adam and I started hanging out more frequently, and we'd start to at least once or twice or three times a month get together and play board games. We started buying more because we had the out the opportunity. Yeah, uh, and we played with all of our friends, I think, at some point. 
one way or the other. And I think we have a mix of friends. We actually, you know, our friend group, I am friends with, you know, we friends of a friend. I was friends with them because we were both into cars. Gary was friends with them because they went to high school together. So we have different backgrounds and different friends that like completely different types of hobbies. We have friends that will take apart 17 cars and put them back together. We have friends that will climb the side of a mountain, literally. So we try to make sure that all those people can enjoy themselves. And then we also have to try to find games that all those type of people will like. And I think we've done a decent job of that uh, so much where I think, you know, we'll ask in our group that we have like, Hey, we'll be bringing the games. What type of game do you want to play? They usually refer to us because they know you, we know you guys know what we like pick something for us. And I think that's where we want to sort of bring to everyone else where you might be losing people that don't want to play board games with you because you just wound up picking the wrong game for them. You could have set up a game night. You know, you got your snacks, you got your drinks. You think it's going to be a great night. Okay, let's go ahead and play this game. And you whip out, well, one of our most hated games, uh, Kanban. So... And again, Kanban, we're not going to dig into it too much. It is a worker placement game where you pretty much are trying to build cars. And it's a game that is very dry, very boring. Um, it's considered one of the best games on BGG, but me and Gary just didn't like it at all. And I think that was another reason where we want to, we want to voice our opinion on, you know, Everyone goes to BGG and goes, hey, this is a 8.2, I think it was. And we were like, where? Where is it? And we spent hours of setting it up, hours of playing it, and only game that we did not finish. So I think that's another reason why we were like, I need to voice our opinion, because there's so many games that we ran into that is the best of type games that weren't clicking and weren't clicking with our friends. And then I have you know people that I play with that Gary doesn't like I have a daughter and I have a girlfriend daughter somewhat willing to play board games uh and the girlfriend is completely not looking to play any board games and it's very difficult trying to find a game but every once in a while I find something that she enjoys so uh, Gary do you want to add anything on our friends and the type of games they play or don't want to play I guess uh, the complex games are usually something to avoid unless it's, you know, agreed upon to begin with. And I've even had days where I just don't have the mental capacity to sit and digest and really focus on, you know, the heavier games that you're going to have to remember so many moving parts and aspects to. So I think it's important to keep in mind what people's expectations are going in. If you say game night and they're expecting Monopoly, you know, they're going to have a harder time to get into it. So you can measure that or, you know, the a lot of times, too, people will stick to a game more if it's something they're familiar with. Like, you know, unless somebody works in a car factory, they're probably not going to understand the different aspects too well of research and development and all of that, like Kanban. But 
if you find like a Harry Potter themed game or Star Wars or something like that to somebody that's in members or one of those fandoms, it'll likely go over well and they'll be more interested, sort of understand some of the aspects to begin with. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so another thing that we obviously will help you guys sort of understand what games we like and don't like, we'll introduce some, you know, mechanics that we like in games and some of our favorite games. I'm still learning, I think, because I am somewhat, I would say I'm new, but I dove into a stupid amount of games in a short amount of time. So playing that many games that quickly, I keep finding things I like and mechanics I like. So I haven't really found games that are like, this is definitely my favorite. So I'll say what I like, but you know, it's always changing list. And I think that's goes with any board game or some new game comes out or a game that you've never played that, you know, you run into it and it's a 10 year old game. You're like, this is a great new game. And it's like, yeah, this has been around forever. How have you not played this? So I think we've personally found that out too. So I think you want to start it off, Gary, with what your, I guess, favorite mechanics and, you know, least favorite mechanics and then maybe some games that you know are your go-tos for you personally and then maybe for groups of friends that you know do like board games and don't like board games so i think that a big um something that helps a lot of people to get into a game is a familiarity or an aspect of another game King Domino is one of my favorite game series. There's several of them, but the original King Domino, it's based on dominoes, you know, the little tiles that you had to stack together and match one part to one part. So the whole point of it is you're building your kingdom. Everybody's drawing and picking um, the different ones, and you have to match, you know, forest to forest or, you know, water to water, at least one of. It's a pretty simple, fun game, and there's not a lot of words or learning to it. So one of our friends, she actually comes from another country. English is not her first language. And King Domino is a great game for her because she doesn't have to worry about understanding all of the rules and reading the cards. She's not a fan of playing like Cards Against Humanity because she doesn't understand either the pop culture references or necessarily some of the, you know, the words in terms of phrases. So that's a game I do enjoy bringing and showing to people. I also like games that have, you know, either a catch-up mechanic or you're really not out, even though you seem like you could be absolutely losing the game. Can't really think of anything off the top of my head that have that, but just when you're the win-more mechanics in games that, like, seem to reward you as you're winning is always, when you're winning, it's great, but when you're losing, it just feels bad. Uh, another game series that I love is the Sushi Go series, uh, Sushi Go, Sushi Roll, Sushi Spin Some Dim Sum. There's four or five different varieties now. Sushi Roll is my favorite among all of them. It's a dice uh, game. At its core, you're trying to build an order of sushi, and each round, you know, as you pick the sushi that goes onto your plate, um, the dice go around to the different players, and they get to roll them so they're not just stuck with the same um, ones that you would had. And it's pretty self-explanatory. The game plays quickly. I'd say that it's usually under a 40-minute game, even with five or six players, because it just goes quickly. Games that I dislike are due to my past childhood, you know, experiences. I don't like being the um, the target or everybody, like, singling me out as the bad guy. 
uh, games of that nature would be like Coup or Dead of Winter when you're the Betrayer or Werewolf when you have to lie and be like, oh, no, I'm totally not the Werewolf, guys. Don't shoot me. And I understand some people enjoy that, but for me, it's not a game. I will just sit out Werewolf rather than playing it. Also, I don't like games that are just overly complex for the sake of being complex. Like I felt Kanban or uh, haven't given it a try and a lot of people love it. But to me, Twilight Imperium is just a game that seems absolutely daunting. It's a six to eight and maybe even longer hour game, which for me is would be awful. I'd also feel that I'd make a mistake. You know, the two hour mark that I'd be kicking myself for the next six hours. Yeah, yeah, I again never play that either. Something that you know it's talked about so much in the board game community, but again, could you play five or six other hour games where they just you know be just as fun and like you said, wouldn't kick yourself? You know, you lose a game that lasts thirty minutes and it's like all right, on to the next one, or you know, even an hour game and it's like oh, I I made a mistake, okay, I lost it, whatever, still had fun. But Twilight Imperium, again, I don't know if it has that catch-up mechanic or anything else, but I've heard that, you know, it's a lot of negotiating. You can, you know, it's a lot of worker placement and everything else. There's so many different games going on where it's like, are you, like you said, are you trying to make the game more complex than it really needs to be? And is it that enjoyable? Is it enjoyable because it's such a huge game or is it because it's an actual good game? But could I just play a negotiation game? Could I play a work for placing game and another game all within those six hours and have just as fun or more fun? Uh, I think a big part of the games that we've run into as well is those fun kooky games that don't always have to be the typical board gamer game where, you know, it's the, you think of the fandom when someone says board games, it's like, okay, they like, Wizards, they like Lord of the Rings, they like all the, you know, Star Wars, those typical nerd things, but you can have board games literally about anything. So, you know, one of ones that we've come across recently that we've liked is Trash Pandas, where it's literally about raccoons digging through a trash. Um, it's a push your luck type of game where you roll a dice and depending on what's on the dice, that's the action you can take. But if you keep rolling the dice and you get the same action twice, then you wind up busting and you don't get to take any actions. There's other cards that, you know, can have you re-roll and things like that. But the whole point of the game is you're going through cards and you're trying to collect trash like you would with a, um, I almost call them a trash panda, a raccoon. I mean, other term is trash panda, but you can collect all this trash. And then depending on how much of certain items you have, you get points. And then, obviously, highest points win. So it's a really fun game. It's not too serious. But, again, you can be really strategic because you're looking at what other people are putting in their piles. You're trying to remember what cards they picked up. So you can be really strategic if you want, or you can just really have fun and just push your luck and roll like crazy and, you know, get a ton of actions and have fun that way. But even when you lose, it's still funny. Uh, I remember a conversation that we wound up, or you wound up having with one of our friends at the end and, you know, they have funny names for the cards. So bananas and things like that. And, you know, you were arguing with our friend about how he stole your nanners because he stole your bananas and wound up uh, knocking you out of the game. But those fun games are what I usually bring to a group that isn't used to playing 
you know, the heavier type of board games. And I enjoy those because I feel like they implement mechanics that then you can bring on to that next game. And I think that's where, you know, we come in with a lot of our games. We'll start with a game like Trash Bandas. Um, I think we obviously started with Sushi Goal. Uh, sorry, Sushi Go, and then went to Sushi Roll. I combined Go and Roll there. So, um, yeah. but we, you know, sort of ease them in that way. And, you know, we have pretty intelligent friends. Like, all of them have done things that you know, aren't your, you know, typical jobs. Like, again, I've mentioned, you know, a friend that who's taken apart you know, dozens of cars, literally, and put them back together. So, you know, or friends that are very active and, you know, know how to survive climbing a mountain. So you have all these things and all these different, you know, aspects of people of what they enjoy and what they don't enjoy and things they can understand and not understand. And then you have to put those all together. And there's those complex games where if you just drop that in front of them, they might not get it. But if you start with a simple mechanic of a game and then you bring it on to another game, be like, hey, do you remember what we did in Sushi Roll or Sushi Go? Yeah, this is similar to that. So we can just do that. So uh, I think, you know, obviously Trash Panda, that's been our recent one that we came across that we enjoy a lot. Crossing is always uh number one go-to for mine because there are no cards, anything else. It is literally just a bunch of gems. There's little platforms and then you have your little player cards and all you have to do is either point at what gems you want or cover your uh, player board that has gems on it to sort of protect it from other people stealing it. So it's a fun game because all you're doing is pointing. If you point at the same spot as someone else, no one gets it. If you point at a spot and no one else points it, you get those gems. If someone points at your player board that has gems on it, they get to steal it. But you can then cover it and bank your gems as well. So it's a simple game. And even when I'm dealing with my older daughter, uh, who's in college right now, that I sort of have to twist the arm every time she comes down to play a board game uh, with her younger sister and me and uh, my girlfriend as well, who is not into board games as well. That was an easy game that I you know, bring out and they'd be like, oh, I don't know, what is this? It's like, can you point? Yeah, I can point. Okay, point. That's what it is. And the first time my oldest daughter played, she was literally laying down as she was playing and just pointing. And then someone stole her gems and she was like, wait a minute, you stole my gems. And we're like, yeah, that's part of the game. I explained that to you. And then she literally sat up and was like, you can't steal my gems. And I'm like, oh, so now you want to play this game more? And she's like, yeah, we're playing another another round of this after. I'm like, okay, cool. So, and again, it's it's simple, and I think that that also brings in like points, and I think uh, that's a way to understand what you want to go after. Because slight thing in that game that I didn't mention is if you get a set of three colors, it's worth five points. But if not, they're only worth one point. So then you want to think of what you have and go for certain uh, color gems and things like that. So that brings in that strategy where it's just a simple pointing game. But if you want to be strategic, you have to sort of pay attention to what you have and what other people have, and then start pointing at things to block them or, you know, hopefully score more points for yourself as well. So that sort of eases into that strategy and then you can bring it to other games as well. So that's a big part of, I think what gets people into games, but crossing is definitely one of my,
my go-tos, and then uh, Trash Panda has been one as well. As for games I don't like, I would say, you know, we already mentioned Kanban. That was a game that I did not enjoy at all, mostly because, like you said, the whole complication for no reason. So those type of games, the engine-building type games, I do enjoy, but they have to make sense. And like you said, I don't like the fall way behind. So I think I would honestly say Euro games are the, the that type of game where I consider Euro games. I don't know the exact term, but any game that has that big point system that goes around the board and you so slowly throughout the game move your person around that board uh, because I think the biggest issue I have same thing that you mentioned before is when you're way behind and you sort of just get down on yourself and sometimes those games usually because they have that big point tracker the whole reason is because it's a long game so if you're falling way behind it's sort of takes out the enjoyment and it's like, I'm never going to catch up. Why am I bothered playing this game? There are games that where you do fall behind and then you get your engine building and it's like, okay, I'm playing the long game, but sometimes you know that, okay, I didn't build my engine right. I missed a step here or there. And then it's how much longer do I have to sit through this game? And I'm never that type of person that wants to be like, I'm out, I'm done, I don't want to finish this game. Especially if it's a game that, you know, if you're already in it, it might affect the game drastically if you're out of the game. You know, someone could be counting on, you know, your turn and what you're doing to sort of feed their engine. So most of those games I would say I don't enjoy too much, but there are games that have, you know, have enjoyed with that mechanic as well. I don't know if um can't think of the game that we've played, uh, Lords of Waterdeep. I'm pretty sure that has a point system on the outside. I can't remember yeah, if it yeah. does. But again, I feel like that's a little more simplified. It's not too much worker placement. You don't have too much to go. There's maybe only a few locations you can go. You don't have to do a lot of upgrading and things like that. It's mostly you're collecting the people that you want, whether they're wizards, barbarians. Um, and again, Lords of Waterdeep is a worker placement game, but you're pretty much getting cards, and the cards say you need 13 warriors, four wizards, whatever type creatures, and then you're just collecting that many. You're, you're using people as resources, pretty much. So you want to collect those. Once you have those, you can then turn them in. You score that card, and the card sometimes also has an extra ability and things like that. So it's worker placement, but again, I would say it's pretty simplified, and you don't have to build a huge engine. And there are times where you can fall behind on that game, and there's a lot of options to sort of block off your opponent by putting a worker where, you know, you don't want them to go and sort of manipulating the game that way. So you're not out of it, even if you fall way behind in that game. That's a game that um, I enjoy. You know, I'm talking about games I don't enjoy, but again, well, I, I think you're struggling right now because you enjoy most games. You don't have as many, you know, won't or don't likes as I do. Yeah. 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 You have your strong opinions more than I do. Uh, and again, I think you obviously, have, say, at least longer experience than me. I've probably dove into a lot more games recently than you have, but you also have the experience of 
I played this three years ago. I know I like this. I'm going to continue playing games like this. Sushi Go, I think, is a good example where you own, I think, four out of the five that are even out there. So, you know, you like most of those type of games. I'm going to play that, even if they're different little variations. Same thing with King Domino. Um, so it's difficult to find a game that I don't like. I'm sure I'll run into them and find them, but I'm willing to do that sit down long type of game as long as it's entertaining. So, you know, it's worth a shot. Uh, but I know earlier we we're talking about um, teaching as well. So again, this podcast is going to be mostly about how to get people more into board gaming and sort of be that good board game night host. That's where you want to find the right games and hopefully, you know, get more friends and more people into board games because it's something you enjoy and you're obviously listening to a podcast. So it's probably something that you enjoy. This is something where you probably want more and more people and you're playing games where, you know, you're sort of trying to pick the player count. You're trying to find, okay, I need a five player, you know, game and I only have four people here. So, you know, I want that fifth player. So maybe have them play a four-player game and introduce those mechanics and then, you know, hopefully that fifth person can roll in that, you know, you already had in reserve that just wasn't ready that night. However you want to do it, but this is pretty much a explanation of why we want people to understand that they're probably missing out with board games, even if they think they don't like board games, because there's probably a board game for everyone that they'll enjoy. But Gary, what were you talking about with the teaching um, of a board game? Like the first time you're obviously going over a game with people, because I think you had a good point. Um, so I think that it's important to be considerate of the other people. And some people don't want you to baby them and don't want their help. And, and that's understandable. But a lot of people will want to either get some help or to have it be, you know, brought about in a way that is considerate and understanding. So if you're playing the game, sort of explain why you're doing the move you're doing, or maybe on their turn, offer suggestions to be, this would be the most advantageous move for you to do right now. Or, you know, it would behoove you to block what I'm about to do because I'm about to score a ton of points and you can stop that right now. because being new to the game and mechanics, a lot of times they'll just be focused on themselves or be worried about second guessing things. So you really want to make sure that you're, you're not taking it easy on them or you're not, you know, letting them win just for the sake of letting them win, but you're trying to be fair and explaining things so that, okay, if you move your piece over to here, I can't go there next turn. And that was, you know, likely where I was going to be going. So that will kind of, you know, give them sort of the insights and tactics. And and maybe some people will have that understanding and mindset, but a lot of times when you're get, just getting people into the game, it helps to kind of explain that and show them that these are some, more to, some other things to think of. There's also times where people will get decision paralysis. So if there's a lot of options available to them, kind of break down like, you could you could do this, but that's really a, lo a long-term or late-game thing, so don't worry about that right now. Concern yourself with these actions because these are the ones that will benefit right now. Yeah, and I think I, think, that. I think you can kind of follow that. No, I was just finishing up. But I think if you follow sort of that, you know, mode of explaining the reasonings for doing things and offering advice if they want it, that will help them to understand the game more. If you just 
like, hey, come play board games with me, and then you absolutely crush them without any explanation, most people aren't going to be willing to keep learning or really enjoy that situation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I know you said don't take it easy on them, but I think you sort of have to dial it back. I think people who play board games, I mean, not you so much. I know me, I'm very competitive in almost everything I do, um, whether it's, you know, at work, um, whether it's playing video games, um, well, whether it's driving to a place quicker than someone else. Um, I'll load up a GPS and they'll be like, okay, your estimated uh, arrival time is 8.30. And I'm like, I bet I can beat that. Like, that's that's a suggested time. Um, mm-hmm. Probably not the best thing always, but um, it's obviously something that I enjoy the competition of board games. But, and I've had problems before, and you've called me out on it too, where it's like, hey, you, you might want to ease back a little bit because, you know, you're trying way too hard on someone who doesn't even, you know, this is their first time playing the game and you've played it two or three or maybe even four times. Maybe dial it back because then you also want to think to, if, like you said, you want the person to enjoy it and you want competition. If if I'm competitive, I don't want to beat someone who doesn't know how to play the game. Like, wow, what what am I doing? I'm patting myself on the back for, you know, beating someone who doesn't know what they were doing in the first place. Like, clearly, you should have won. But is that really helping you? Make sure they like the game. Do they like the game? Is this something that, you know, is, you know, something that they'll enjoy over time? And maybe the second time, they can play a little more, and you can sort of be like, hey, next time I would have done this, or currently I would do this, or see how I'm doing this. Sort of explain your strategy as you go, too, because obviously you're going to, push people off. Like you said, you're going to push people off playing a game that they could actually enjoy and you're going to lose someone that might not play another game, even if it was something that was simple and you're like, I crushed them in, you know, sushi roll. And they're like, well, that, that was supposed to be a fun, lighthearted game. And you're like, all right, now I'm going to whip out. Um, there's my uh, catchphrase of the day. Apparently uh, whip out. I don't think I've said it yet, but curious about that. Um, I've, I like saying whip it out. We won't go into the uh, reason why. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I kept his pants on this whole time. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, well, technically you can't see below my waist on this camera. So uh, we are recording this over Skype. So, um, but yeah, so again, uh, I will say whip it out a couple times. I don't want to make that a catchphrase, but if it is, it might be my catchphrase. Um, but again, you want to actually have a easier game, show them the game, let let them understand it before you move on to a harder game. Because if you don't let them understand a simpler game with simple mechanics, they're never going to want to play that two-hour game where, you know, it's a whole lot of more mechanics and more involved if they didn't even enjoy the short one because you just took it upon yourself to sort of wipe them out. I think that covers pretty much the basics about what uh, the Mobile Meeple People podcast, so hard to say, um, covers. But we'll be covering more in-depth coverage of games as well and other things. But the big part of this is what type of board games work for what type of people, how to throw a successful board game night, and, you know, more in-depth about, you know, 
what people are looking for when they're looking for a board game and hopefully, you know, increase your board gamer size so you can have more board game nights because that's mostly what board gamers want. How many times did I say board games in that last sentence? Um, You don't have to be so hard on yourself. I think, you know, we're just kind of two guys giving our opinions on things. And if people want to, you know, agree with them or want to take it into consideration, they can. It's just a, a way that we can put some stuff out there. Like you mentioned earlier, a lot of podcasts are just someone dryly reading the rules and, you know, at the end being like, I like this game because I had fun and enjoyed this mechanic. We're looking to have more of we feel this game would be great for very competitive people or, you know, people that want something lighthearted, just kind of giving a different aspect to the reviews and the the game. Yeah. And again, like I mentioned uh, on BGG, which, you know, not to throw BGG under the bus or, I mean, honestly, it's a great website and a good tool, but you have reviews of several people and they're bashing a game maybe because they just didn't understand a mechanic of a game or they're praising a game because they liked the theme of it, but the mechanics were absolute trash. So we want to obviously let people know and hopefully save time because there's been games that we wasted quite a bit of time on because it's been rated so high. So uh, we want to hopefully help that out as well. So hopefully we did a decent enough job for our first podcast we will hopefully get better and maybe you guys will continue to tune in but till then i'm adam and i'm gary and keep playing